Well, hello, friend. Welcome to episode 288. I'm so thrilled to have you here. This is the last episode of 2020. I'm really excited for what we have planned for you. And when I say we, I mean me (laughs) for 2021. Um, Today, we are chatting about how to make keto a lifelong thing. My friend Samantha Marp is also known as Keto Sam I Am, and she's lived a keto low-carb lifestyle for the last five years and has lost 80 pounds. Hearing that she lost a lot of weight and it was really, really exciting, but everything that she's gained from changing her life has been completely epic. (laughs) And she's worked a lot on her outlook and really changing herself from the inside out. She's learned a lot of things about herself over the course of the five years, and I wanted to just have her on to chat about what it's like eating keto and the adjustments she's made, what she's learned, what she's struggled with, what she's learned about her body and what she cared about then when she was starting versus now. And I thought it would be just a really nice conversation to have as we enter the new year. Some of you may be new to the Keto Diet Podcast, and if so, welcome. My name is Leanne Vogel. I'm a holistic nutritionist, and I make all the things. And if you want to reach out to me because you have suggestions or you're struggling with something, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. I'm so excited to see you here. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Okay, let's jump into this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hey, Sam, how's it going? I'm so well. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad that you're on the show today. This is going to be a blast. I just, your energy is just so out there like mine is. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun. (laughs) I think it's going to be really exciting. We're very, two very positive people. So (laughs) it's so true. So I'd love, I'd love for you to share about you. And I'd love to start really highlighting where you were at before you found keto and then kind of follow your experience over the last five years of eating keto. I'd love to just start off with what was your life like before you did keto? That's such a good question. Um, Past Sam is such a person that I love still. If you ever follow me on Instagram, um, Keto Sam I am, I talk about past Sam all the time. Um, She was a very sad and not very kind person. Um, didn't have anything nice to say to anybody. I mean, even herself, I wasn't treated well by partners and I didn't have really any ambitions for myself. And, um, I was like fresh dropped out of college, didn't have a dollar to my name. I had a bed and a TV and an apartment and had a crappy job. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, why is everything so terrible? All like, what am I doing so wrong? that like, I'm so unhappy and I can't make friends. And I can't do all these things. Like what is wrong with me? And I decided that like getting healthy was going to be the first like big step to feeling better about myself. Like I had, you know, I didn't dress nicely and I didn't take care of myself because I just didn't like myself. I mean, to be honest, I started dabbling in here and there, ate some rice, ate some chicken, ate some vegetables. Like I knew that was the key and like nothing happened. So, okay, that wasn't it. <laughs> I had done so many like 
bad diet from trying to diet and figure it out. But at the end, the Cheetos always won. I remember being up late one night on Instagram. I didn't even have like an Instagram at the pay at, at that time. And I was scrolling and some woman was like, hot wings. This is the best diet I've ever been on. I'm like, what diet is this? And I would like to be included in this. And that's how I found out what keto was. And then I started like Googling and mostly I just use a lot of Instagram because that's all we had at that time. There was Reddit and there was Instagram and those were the keto communities. And I fell into the Instagram one and it took a while to change who that person was, but man, five years later, totally different person. It's so cool because that's how I found out what keto was too. I was on Instagram late at night and a friend had posted a picture of like, I think it was like a meat stick and a diet Coke and sour cream or something disgusting. And I, and I saw the hashtag keto. I was like, what is this? And then I clicked on it and it was all this garbage. And I was like, as a nutritionist, I'm like, what are these people doing <laughs> to their bodies? This is no good. And that's kind of what got me into it. But you were hooked because you're like hot wings. I want this. I want all of this magic. <laughs> yes. Whatever I could. Oh, I can eat that. And it's on a diet. Okay. So I went, I went the, what can I eat on this diet? And then I'll do this diet. So I went a little bit backwards. <laughs> I love this. And so at what point, at what point did you know, like, so you started on the ketogenic diet and back then, so we're talking 2015, there really was not a lot of information. I'm guessing just like me, you screwed up a whole bunch at the beginning because you didn't have any information as to what to do. Yes. Um, no information. All So I started keto January 26th of 2016. So right at the beginning of the year and there was no information on it. Like you didn't, and like, honestly, I couldn't even use, like read a nutritional label. So not only was there no information on like how to be keto, but like, you know, you're told eat 20 grams of carbs or less. You're like, how do I know what has carbs in it? Cause I didn't even understand what a carb was at that point. Um, so it was a lot of just copying other people's meals. I like to look back at that time on Instagram because there is a lot of people just eating bunless burgers, hot dogs, anything with cheese, a lot of like whoopsie bread. We only had three recipes that you could make that made anything remotely close to something that had carbs in it. One time I do remember, so Wingstop was like my go-to. And I had it probably three times a week because I could eat a ton of hot wings in one sitting. Did, and I was still keto and it was fine. So it felt like eating out was a treat. And I remember going on to an app and reading, uh, looking up the, the French fries at Wingstop. And it was like seven grams of carbs for like this many French fries. I was like, I can fit seven grams of carbs in. Okay. So that was totally wrong. And the, the app was totally wrong. I didn't realize till the next day when I went and re-Googled, like I Googled it instead. I ate like way too many carbs. It didn't really matter at that point. So I was still learning it. You know, I wish even new people knew that. Like a lot of us messed up all the time on like our carb count at the beginning. And like, we still made it to the end. So it's, it's still possible even with the mistakes. That's so true. That is so true. How many mistakes you make, especially because you coming into it, didn't even know what a carb was. You know, that was like when I got diagnosed with celiac disease and they're like, you can't eat gluten. I was like, okay, no bread. I can do this. And probably for like three months, I kept eating everything but bread thinking that it, I was gluten-free now. So it sounds like very similar of just, you have no clue. And so at what point did you feel like, whoa, I'm on to something here. Like things are clicking. I'm noticing X, Y, Z. Like what was that point for you? Was there a certain point for you? Um, I like to think it was at, at my job. I, I, I worked at my job like 10 hours a day at that point. And the fact that I could get through the whole day 
um, have, and I, I was eating foods I loved. I was eating all the cheese and the processed meats. I was eat, drinking like two big, heavy cream Starbucks drinks a day because they were delicious and they fit into my diet. But what I found was at the end of the day, even when I went home and it was 637, I still had the energy to cook myself dinner. And like, to me, that was such a turning point because I hated cooking for myself because I didn't know how to cook well. I didn't know really what I was doing. Um, everything I made came from a box that had instructions. Um, I didn't understand how vegetables work and I definitely couldn't cook any meat. And whenever I realized I was actually like wanting to spend time learning how to do a new chore for myself, essentially, I was like, oh, okay. So this is actually doing something for other parts. And this is like making me feel better. So I was eating better dinner and then waking up the next day. And like the cycle of energy was so good at the beginning. It kind of kept my ball rolling up that big hill of like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You got it. And that's so awesome. And at what point did you ever incorporate fasting or did that kind of come naturally? Like what was your relationship to fasting? So I'll be honest. The only reason I did fasting was I, okay. So I ate off plan at least once a month for two years when I started keto. I, I could not stay on plan. I couldn't, I just, I loved all the treats and stuff like that once once a month and I would just overdo it once a month. But I mean, two years, I still lost 70 pounds and I had about 15 pounds left. Um, and that's when I started incorporating fasting, which worked really well because at the beginning, like I'd wake up in the morning and I would still drink some black coffee or something like that, but it would push me through the whole day and I'd have like tons of energy and, and it really came naturally. And then when it stopped coming as naturally, I quit doing it because I got to my goal and I was still doing the fasting thinking, oh, this is really helping with my energy. But once I hit my goal, the fasting wasn't as needed as I thought it was. So it was just a means to the end for the fasting, really. You know what I love more than anything in the entire world is helping people. And when I meet a complete stranger and they're telling me about symptoms that they're having or symptoms that their dog is having or their loved one, Oftentimes, the first thing that comes into my head is, you should try CBD oil. And I'm, in fact, sitting in my car right now. I just drove an hour and a half to a friend's place to drop off a bottle of Eaton Hemp CBD oil. Their dog's having a really difficult time with an inflammatory condition. Nobody knows what it is. And I just thought, again, you need to try CBD oil. Now, CBD oil has massively reduced my symptoms of anxiety, but CBD oil does so much more including inflammation reduction, improving digestive function, improving sleep quality, reduces acne. But here's what you have to know before you grab a random bottle and start supplementing. Research, research, research your options thoroughly look for a CBD oil that uses hemp seed oil as the carrier oil. Now the hemp seed oil means that the plant has been kept in its purest whole plant form, allowing for the terpenes and cannabinoids to work together in unison in your body to give you the powerful entourage effect that everyone is always raving about when it comes to CBD. Among high-quality CBD options, Eaton Hemp's unfiltered full-spectrum CBD oil is an all-organic choice. Again, all organic choice. They're one of the first unfiltered CBD products to be USDA certified organic. This guarantees what you see is what you get. No toxins, no pesticides, no label trickery. Eaton Hemp uses hemp seed oil as a carrier for CBD, giving you the full entourage effect, maximum absorption, potency, effectiveness, terpenes, cannabinoids, aka results, which is all good things. And if you're like supplementing, how do I even do this? Now, I personally 
take a dropper full a day with my dogs up until both our dogs passed away. Lexi was supplementing with 15 milligrams. She's a 60 pound dog. And Pebbles, who is a 10 pound dog, did a dropper to a day. Now with our dog Coconut, who's developed a little bit of inflammation, I've started giving her 10 milligrams a day and she's an 80 pound dog. I personally couldn't even imagine my life without CBD. It extended Lexi's life by three years, giving us so much more time to spend together when vets said it wasn't even possible. I cannot tell you how powerful a supplement this has been for me and my family. Now, I chatted with my friends over at Eaton Hemp and they put together a sweet deal for you. If you go to eatonhempcbd.com slash keto diet, again, that's Eaton, E-A-T-O-N, hemp cbd.com slash keto diet and use a coupon code keto diet you're going to get 20% off all eaten hemp cbd products that includes the salves and all the crazy things you can get into when it comes to cbd that's 20% off with the code keto diet at eatenhempcbd.com slash keto diet That's awesome. And I I think a lot of people that are starting keto, especially now, because there's so much information out there and they're getting like, you can do fasting and glucose um, regulation fasting and autophagy fasting and all these different things, plus all the recipes and everything you can do. And now you need electrolytes and it can get so overwhelming and they feel like, okay, day one, I have to fast for 18 hours. Plus I have to do this and that. And the other thing, it was almost a blessing in disguise to kind of start off when there wasn't a lot of information. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. I also think it was a blessing in disguise that we started when there wasn't thousands of products. Like we really had to shop in certain parts of the store. And like, you know, when people are like, Hey, have you tried this new product? I was like, I have it. And they're like, why not? I'm like, we didn't need any of this stuff. Like we, we ate fine for years with so, with so little of these things that I feel like people think they see them everywhere and think, Oh, I have to have these products. Like realistically, we don't need any of them. So that, that it does make it very interesting when we, when we got to start our journey to the journeys that are starting now where they're bombarded with, you know, if you're not fasting, you're not doing it right. Or if you're not doing this, you're not doing it right. And to me, you started keto and you eat around 20 grams of carbs. You're already doing it right. And that's the main part of it is just the keeping your carbs low. Yeah. So would you say that's kind of your advice for people that want to stay in their own lane? Like I know even after myself eating keto for six years, I think because, you know, I've worked with people one-on-one and all in nutrition, it's very easy for me to stay in my own lane. But even, even that, when I see other nutritionists eating a certain way, I'm like, Oh, maybe I should try that. Or maybe that product would help me more. And how do you, how do you stay focused on knowing your body and trusting that your approach works? I like to think since we've been doing it for so long, that really, really helps us. Um, And also it's so, social media is such a mind jumbler that you have to remember that those people are there for a reason. They have intent and your intent and their intent is not always going to be the same in that we did this without all of the stuff at the beginning. So like you can do this with all, it's keto is so free. You don't need anything. Buy a couple good cookbooks and like, you're going to be peachy. Don't stress about it. And you're not going to do it wrong. Like I feel like people are always like worried they're going to do keto wrong, but like the only wrong way you can do keto is if you're doing keto and then you keep eating carbs. That's it. Like everything else is just kind of icing on the keto cake, but the carbs, keeping them low, that's the keto cake. Everything else is just decoration. So what I'm hearing from you is the only wrong way to do keto is not doing keto. (laughs) 
Yes, exactly. And like, I, I will be honest, and I don't know if you would include this, but I don't think keto is for everybody. I do think eating a lower carb diet in whole foods makes the most sense, but I don't think that, I just don't think everything is for everybody. So if you feel like you're having a hard time fasting, maybe that's not for you, or you have a hard time adding something into your diet that everybody else is doing or something like that, like just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean like it would work for you or you have to do that too, to be successful. I would agree with that. I think the bio-individuality of people is so incredibly important. And when we stop thinking for ourselves and we stop um, listening to our bodies, that's when we can start doing things that just, that just don't work. Like no matter how much I eat keto granola, even though they say it's low carb, it's still going to spike my glucose and I'm still going to feel like a hot mess and it's still going to give me diarrhea, period. Like I can't, right. I just can't eat this stuff, right? So it's it's really important to stay focused. And since we were talking about products, I'd love to know, do you like certain products? Are you like anti-product? I don't like any keto products. I just eat whole foods. What's your jam? So I'm very like middle of the road because I have some like really sassy opinions about some products in our space and I have some very positive things to say about other products. So like I use a meter and I really like my meter because it does more functions than all the other drunk meters. So like, there's a reason I like this meter and it does more and it has more value than these other things. So I think in the products, there are products that have more value than other products like nutritionally or to make your life better or things like that. But I'm a stickler. I, I mean, you have to really like get me on your side for me to be on your side. Um, I've had a couple companies that like don't want to work with me because they're worried that like I'll have an opinion other people, which is, it makes me laugh too, because I'm just like, okay, I get that. But like, what does that say about your product a little bit? Like if, if Sam's going to say something like, and, and I don't do that often to people and I don't really throw products under the bus or anything like that, because I also, I also think something that I don't like, you might like, and like something you like, I might not like either, which is okay. We should be okay with like not having the same opinions about all the products. Um, but I do think there's a spot and there's a space for a lot of stuff that like I do like, like I am such a sweets person that I will always make room for fake sweeteners and I will always make room to try the new coolest ice cream and things like that. Do I eat them all the time? Absolutely not. Um, but I do want to try them, kind of see what they're about. That's about it. I would agree with you, Sam. Like, oh, I can't tell you, like I receive so much product and I'm sure you're in the same boat. And I've had to like say like, please do not send me anything else. And I've started making YouTube videos. If your product sucks, I will take time out of my day <laughs> to make a YouTube video and post it because it, it's getting very loud. And there's so many products out there and there's so many companies out there that it can be really overwhelming. Just like you said, like, how am I supposed to know? And I do make room, like I'm looking right now at, <laughs> there's a box on the side of my dresser from project seven, the gummy bears with allulose. I really like them. They're really tasty. Would I eat them all the time? No. The interesting thing is the more products that come out, the more I'm realizing some are not so good and some are pretty good. Like I had other gummy bears from Kiss My Keto. Oh, they were so sweet and disgusting and they gave me the worst stomach pains. But then having these, they're pretty good and they're not overly sweet and they don't hurt my stomach. And so 
I agree with you. There's that fine line. And I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm blacklisted on a couple of companies too. Like don't yeah. send her product. She will say that it's horrible. And I think it's unfortunate too. Just like you said, you know, there are some people whose intentions are so aligned with your own and they're just there to help you. And they're passionate about keto and they want to share, you know, just like you, like, this is how great my life is now. You need to at right. least try this if you're being, if you're being called to, but then there's other companies and people who see keto, see the dollar signs and they're just there to make a buck and make a really subpar product. Yeah. It's really, and it's hard. Cause like, even just being an influencer, where, where are we supposed to do this? Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a hard little, it's a hard little thing with the products. Um, I do have probably 10 products. I really do in love those, um, project seven gummy bears were fantastic. I also got them and loved them. I know they were so good. They were so good. I did a whole Halloween candy hoopla on live one week and we just tried. I mean, I was so sick at the end of it. I ate so much junk, but um, we tried all of the candies. I mean, I got Russell Stover's. I got everything to try and like talk about. Nice. Like, I feel like some of the things that we, that I loved whenever I first started keto have been like vilified by other keto products and like, okay, but like, I still, I still ate Russell Stover's. I ate it for years and still lost weight. So like as much as like, yeah, it is absolutely full of junk, but it wasn't a Snickers and it was still a better option for me. And it made me feel like I didn't, fall off the, the wagon. It made me feel like I didn't, you know, have a bad day. And like that mental mindset was such a bigger issue than if it had junk in it for me. Like, cause the mental fight is, especially for somebody that has that, that binge eats, the mental fight is a lot bigger than like the ingredient fight some days. So like, I just have to kind of pick my battles as they come. Yeah, that's so true. We were chatting about that with a, a couple of my clients the other day. Just like some people are purists and they can totally like look at all the ingredients and get really nitty gritty about it all. I'm kind of like that, but there are some things like you, like I, I know that I could never get up, give up candy. Like that's just, that's just not an option for me. And I don't want a life where I don't eat candy. And I also don't want a life where I'm constipated all the time. So if I need to take something that helps me with constipation once in a while, even though studies show blah, 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 I'm going to take it. And I think yeah. you're right. You do need to choose your battles. And I, I didn't see your Halloween video. And now I'm upset that I didn't because that would have been great to watch. So thank you for putting that together. <laughs> it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was, I even bought some companies that I don't really care for just so I can be like, okay, I tried it again. I still don't care for this. And it was, it was a good time, but I totally agree with you with the, um, cause I do think a lot of new ketoers get stuck in the, this is my lane. I'm going to stay in forever. Right. Like I'm sure whenever you started keto, you're like, I'm probably going to try to not eat as much candy because this is something that I know that's not really good for me. But then somewhere in the, in those, in that driving, you're like, mm, maybe I need to get over a lane. Cause I really do miss this. And like, I really like being in this main keto lane, but I really, these other things bring joy to my life. And as long as they're not, you know, detrimental to your health, I don't see why that's such a, a bad thing either. Because I do think people, you know, like to naysay and say, Oh, like, I can't believe you eat that. And like, I think if they one knew how many people probably eat those things, they wouldn't say stuff like that. And two, like, sometimes they, you know, they pick and choose. They're like, I can't believe you eat that. And then you go look at what stuff they eat and you're like, I mean, this is the same stuff in a different form. So like, it's just, you know, don't people's opinions are just, you know, take with a grain of salt and kind of do what works for you. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And, and you mentioned binge eating. And I think that, that, you know, as somebody who has a history of an eating disorder, I need to be careful with the information that I bring into my life and who I surround myself with and the commentary and, 
I guess what we're really getting at is this bio-individuality is so important and what works for one is not going to work for another. Somebody might be hearing our conversation and be like, what? You eat candy on your ketogenic diet? It's like, it's either... Honestly, it's either a bag of gummy bears once in a while, or I will go to bulk barn and buy like $20 worth of gummies and eat them in my car. And that's not a good, yeah, I'm sure you can relate. Like that's not a good position for me to be in. (laughs) No. And that's the same with um, other things. So as a binge eater, there's things on keto that I binge eat also. And like moon cheese is one of them. And I told my husband, do not let me buy moon cheese. And he did anyways, but (laughs) One, it's hidden in my house. And two, it's one of those things like as you, I feel like as you change your diet into more of a keto lifestyle or just even more whole foods, you realize there's little things that do trigger you wanting to eat them like moon cheese and different things like that. So like, even though it's a keto approved food, when I say I don't eat this, it's probably because it's keto approved, but like not same approved. So it's probably something that doesn't really fit into my daily So like if it's, you know, really regular gummy bears that definitely don't fit into your daily, but a bag of fake gummy bears do, that makes sense. Our Belcampo offer has been extended now till the end of January 2021. You can receive 20% off your first order with Belcampo with the code KDP. So here's the thing. Most places don't care about the treatment of the animal, the taste of the meat, the impact on the environment, or the health of their customers because they're just not involved in that segment of the industry. But at Belcampo, they do things differently with purpose. They care about all of it and they see that everything is interconnected and hopes to create an experience and product better in every way for the people and for our planet. Belcampo's farming practices are climate positive and certified humane, and the products are rich in omega-3s with significantly less omega-6s, higher in linoleic acid, vitamin C, B, E, richer in minerals, and deliciously healthful fats. I'm obsessed with Belcampo. It's next level farming with meat that you can trust start to finish, delivered right to your door. Get 20% off with the code KDP on your first purchase, excluding sale items over at bellcampo.com slash KDP. The code is valid until the end of January, 2021. They have an awesome selection of everyday meats and the steaks. Oh, the steaks. In addition to ready to eat keto meatballs and carnitas, something for any meat eater to love. Yeah, I'm so happy you mentioned the keto-friendly foods. Like, I choose not to have chocolate in the house because I will just eat so much and it will make me feel so anxious. And although, you know, if I mix it with some coconut oil, it's totally keto-approved. But man, like, I ate too much chocolate yesterday. We went out and I had too much chocolate and I was so anxious. I couldn't even function. Like, I was just a hot mess. I'm like, Kevin, my husband also, don't let me get this stuff. And no, it's just... It's so true. Um, you mentioned cookbooks. Do you have some favorites or like, cause you cook a lot. Like where do you get your inspiration? How do you plan your meals? What do you use? So, um, of course I have some of your cookbooks and I'll be really honest. I don't use a lot of cookbooks. And the reason was they didn't fit my budget. When I started keto, I was like, a super broke chick that couldn't afford a lot of stuff. I shopped at the Dollar Tree for everything I cooked with and all my ingredients. So I tried, I always try to like, even to this day, I can afford all the cookbooks I could ever want, but I like to find recipes online so that when I share them, people don't have to go buy a cookbook because I want to be as accessible as I can for as many people coming from a place where I couldn't get cookbooks. I will say that Natasha Newton's Southern Keto 
cookbook, like cookbook. It's only called Southern Keto, but it's Natasha Newton. There's two of them. I don't know the other person is one of the best beginner cookbooks. And it's not because it's a beginner cookbook, but because she only uses between five and seven or eight ingredients. It's really everything you can buy at the grocery store. I've leaned on that book so many times like myself that that cookbook is something like I've gifted to other people. Like, hey, this is, you know, 100 recipes. They're really easy and I hope you love them. And, and they're just so easy that I think they're really easy enough where anybody could make them, even kiddos. Yeah. I think the simplicity is so, so important and accessibility. And I love that you're using like publicly created or publicly accessible rather content so that other people can access it. Cause I think that is a huge concern. You know, people see, you know, for myself, you know, I eat really high quality meats cause I can afford it now. Um, exactly. you know, if I would have started keto in my mid twenties, there's no way that I would be eating fancy meats and all the things. Like it was just my, I remember my grocery, grocery budget was $20 a week like period. That was it. Like I just didn't have any more money. And so shopping at, you know, in Canada, the dollar store, um, Dollar Tree, those sorts of things. Um, any other tips for people that are on a really tight budget when it comes to keto and maybe feeling like they can't do it because they don't have enough budget for it? Yeah. My biggest tip in the, like the couple things that I did is I always bought whatever meat was on sale was what we were eating for the week. Um, so I learned how to cook a lot of different cuts of meat that you wouldn't, and um, don't be scared of, of different meats. Um, I was always scared of anything that wasn't like ground beef or steak or like chicken breast or I, I, I just didn't know what all these other cuts were. Um, don't be scared to Google a cut and try to figure out a new recipe. I always buy anything that's on sale. If eggs were on sale, eggs were going to be eaten the whole week. So my biggest tip is whatever's on sale is what you're eating that week. Vegetables, meat, that's what you're eating this week. You know, stock up on eggs when they're cheap. Almond milk is not budget friendly. So don't, like, it's just not like almond milk is totally a waste of income. Like buy some heavy cream and add some water if you want some almond milk or something. Like it's such a waste of money. Like there's little things like that that I wish I could tell people like almond milk's a waste of money and like eggs are great, but you don't have to buy the best eggs and, and you know, meat's great, but you don't have to buy grass fed everything. Yeah, I think that's a really good tip. And actually in, I think it was my first book, the orange one, the keto diet, I found prices for each of the nuts and seeds. And I broke it down with like, this is the cheapest. I think sunflower seeds at the time were the cheapest. So I remember going to different bulk stores and I would buy the cheapest nut and seed. And then I would live on that until there was a sale and I would make flour with it and I would make milk with it. And cause I can't do dairy. So I made do with it. But that tip of just like, whatever's on sale, you learn to love it and you learn to use it. And that's just what you do. And that right. totally works. And I like to think, you know, most diets, like that typical diets that aren't keto diets, you're about to eat food you don't like anyways. So on keto, you might eat some things you don't like, like vegetables or certain kind of meat, but you could put some butter on it or some cheese. Like, like you could doctor things up to kind of make them a little bit better or like just to make it through the meal. Like I've done that plenty of times where I've made something and be like, okay, just got to make this edible. Just got to get this you know, down. So just don't be scared to try some new things, especially vegetables. Um, I know everybody's like fresh vegetables are the best, but like if you like canned green beans, that's the only green beans you're going to eat eat some canned green beans. I mean, you know, don't, don't force yourself and paint yourself into this corner when there's, there's so many other options. And if, you know, somebody says you shouldn't eat things like that, like, sure. But like, if you're not going to eat fresh and you will eat frozen, like go with the frozen. It's not that big of a deal. Okay. 
I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Yeah, that variety is really important. And there's a lot of dialogue in people's minds of, oh, but I can't do this and I have to do that. And there's so many rules and all the things. I think that can definitely compete against what they just do. And you're really creative with your vegetables. Like I've seen you love okra. Like you've had okra. Like, okay, tell us how you prepare your okra because that is just fascinating to me. So the okra was actually kind of a goof. I bought some fresh okra and I was like, I'm going to make this like Tabitha Brown. That was my idea. She makes it on one of her TikToks and she's like, it's not like gooey or anything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I got fresh okra and I baked it and it still didn't get very crunchy and it was fine. It tasted fine to me, Um, but I did stick in the air fryer for about five minutes. So roasting some vegetables and then popping them in the air fryer for about three or four minutes, like gives the vegetable, keeps its integrity a little bit more and doesn't just dry it out into this like like gross shell of air fried like okra like there's there is a fine line between the air fryer can't do like cook things from beginning to end all of the time sometimes it's just the finisher just like the broiler just finishes something at the end also yeah i used to have an air fryer um a couple months ago and then we moved into a home and there's an oven and i keep wanting to roast my vegetables and then they get all soggy and gross and i'm like i like the air fryer but it made it like too dry and it would crumble. So that's a great, I never even thought about roasting it in the, in the oven almost to done and then putting it in the air fryer. See, that's smart. That's smart. And there's a ton of vegetables on your page. And I actually saw, you know, I went back in preparation for our interview. I like scrolled all the way down and I noticed that you probably incorporated more vegetables over the last couple of years. Would you say like there weren't vegetables on your page? A while there ago. N- there was not vegetables on my page for many of years. If you scrolled that far back, I know some of the photos you saw. Did you notice how none of my food touched either? None of my food ever touched on my plate. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Know yeah. I don't know why. I just couldn't get, and I still have trouble like mixing things together. Like vegetables and meat and stuff should like be mixed together in some meals. And I'm like, nah, I really like them separated. So, you know, you get, I know people are going to be like, no way, but like you get tired of meat and cheese and bacon and butter. Like you do get genuinely tired of eating those same things. And when I incorporated more vegetables, cause I didn't like vegetables. I didn't like any vegetables. Like, I mean, you could not talk me into a vegetable unless it was peas or salad covered with everything that wasn't salad, right? But whenever I started getting really strict and I decided that I wanted to track my macros and I wanted to Mostly, I was trying to get the most bang for my buck calorie-wise, and vegetables will do it for you. So I see this happen a lot. People um, don't understand how they think this one, like, so their meal will consist of a meat and, like, a cheese, and they're like, I'm still hungry, and I don't have any more, like, room left. Well, because they didn't incorporate enough vegetables to to give them some bulk. Because if you're like me, you're a binge eater, and your brain wants bulk. And I know we shouldn't be enforcing those kind of habits and things like that, but, like, if you're trying to learn a new lifestyle, knowing what your brain's going to kind of do and expect does help. So, like, I don't eat as much bulk now as I did whenever um, I, like, started keto, but I've incorporated other things like vegetables, which are bulkier, and learning how to cook them in ways that maybe people aren't aware of, like okra, or starting it from a frozen vegetable and putting it in the air fryer works almost every time. It, it dries it back out and it takes a little bit longer, but 
I mean, it, it does work. Finding out what does work, trying new vegetables I would never have tried before has also helped a lot. And not being scared to throw away a vegetable. Like I've probably bought okra three times before I like tried it and ate it and liked it. So like I've wasted $7 on learning to like okra, but it was totally worth it. Yeah, that was like endive for me. Like I must have bought so much endive. <laughs> and finally I was like, okay, I am going to sit down with this thing and figure out how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you gotta be not worried about... It might be gross, but let's okay. You can buy another one and you can try again. Not like I was always scared of like wasting food, but vegetables are one of those things that they usually are pretty cheap and they're, they're worth trying to, to see what would work and what doesn't work. And also a lot of vegetables will give you the feel of things like you miss, like my air fried green beans are something I eat all of the time right now. And they remind me of gourmet french fries like they taste like a french fry they give me a saltiness like a french fry i even eat them with my fingers like a french fry to get the whole and it does it scratches the itch and i think they're better (laughs) so that's amazing and would like past sam hear you just say that and be like you're a liar (laughs) like there's no way like green beans really yeah, and it's funny because I actually did live and my mom was watching and I was talking about green beans. And like growing up, I had a sister who she ate green beans and I ate peas. And I was like, I hate green beans and she hated peas. And like, that was always our thing. So now I actually like green beans a lot and don't eat any peas for the most part. So um, I like to think like people that knew me 10 years ago, if they met me now, they wouldn't know who I am. Like, there's no way. <laughs> That's amazing just to see how far you've come and even what you've learned about your body and what you've allowed for yourself. I, I agree with you on the volume eating. I need to feel I need to feel the fullness. It's always been a thing for me. And so I'll I'll load it up with vegetables like iceberg lettuce just to like feel the fullness so that I can walk away being like, yes, satisfying. Cause if I don't have yes. that fullness, I just keep seeking for more food and I end up mm-hmm. way overeating. Right. And then you're overeating on things like I mean, you could overeat on green beans or you can overeat on like handfuls of moon cheese. Like those things are a little bit different. And, and even in that same aspect, whenever, cause like I do like to eat as a hobby. And um, so like even having green beans or vegetable there as a snack, I know some people don't like equivalent snacks with like vegetables, but it, it helps like a plateful of green beans. I know that doesn't sound exciting, but it's a whole snack for 50 calories and it's like, a, it's a healthy snack. Yes, completely. And so tell us about your cooking classes and kind of how they started your Tuesday things. Like I'm sure I really enjoy them, but why don't you share with us what they are and how people can join in? Sure. So I, I'm keto Sam. I am at keto.sam.im on Instagram. And every Tuesday at 630 central time, we do live cooking together and it's, Usually it's just recipes. Like I kind of just think of them off the top of my head the week before I'm trying to get better about having a schedule. Um, but they're things that sometimes are things like people are scared to make. Um, Maria Emmerich's pudding is one of them that was made with bold eggs. Like people are like, Oh my God. Like, and I know, and it looks gross. It's delicious. Um, some things I try to make that like look difficult that really are only like two steps that make it, I want to make cooking more accessible to everybody because I didn't know how to cook either. And cooking is so intimidating, especially when you watch it on TV or you talk to somebody that has cookbooks or something like that. You're like, oh, they know all the cooking knowledge. And it's like, I don't even know all the cooking knowledge. And I do it. 
I do it too. And you can do it too. And I like to bring that to, um, to live. We, we have a lot of fun. We do, we do giveaways and I do have like a close knit group of women that show up every week. So it's really fun that we have something going on all the time and they're really invested in like the kitchen and like what I'm getting new. And, you know, we try new products and I get to be a little bit more myself on there also, which is really nice. Um, cause I'm kind of goofy and dorky and I laugh a lot and I laugh at myself and I make a lot of mistakes. Like I have had complete meltdowns, like meltdowns on live from like thinking it's going to go a certain way to like just being a blob of food on my, like, I mean, it's gone, it's gone really, really wrong, really fast. But I started it whenever they gave us the ability to go live on Instagram. And I know you were around then this was probably four and a half years. So like, right. At the, I've been on Instagram for about a year. Then people were going on live and like just doing it to like talk to other people on live. Cause we didn't know what we were supposed to be doing on there. It wasn't like a show and nobody was like putting any time and effort into any of it. And I started talking to my friend, my best friend, soul, and we still video chat in Instagram DMs every single day, the same way. And we started like hanging out together on live. And eventually I started like starting my dinner on live. So I was like, okay, like it's nine 30 and I haven't done anything for dinner yet. Cause I've been hanging out on Instagram all day. And I started like slowly, like just chopping my vegetables on Instagram. And eventually it turned into me like making whole recipes, teaching people how to debone like a chicken thigh, you know, here's a cool way to make this and that. And then now it's turned into like, I put the pressure on myself, but I want it to be more of like a TV show. I want y'all to show up. I want people to be excited about whatever we're going to make or like curious about what we're going to make or what you're going to see, or at least just come and like, have a good time. We laugh a lot. We tell a lot of jokes. I talk a lot about the products and the companies and a lot of that kind of stuff that um, kind of stays off the page and only stays on live. <laughs> That's so fun. And it's so great. I think the internet is such a wonderful place when you get out of the whole social media craziness and you kind of just look at how much community we're able to build using the internet and the fact that we're able to have this conversation and share it. It still blows my mind, I guess, for people that are younger and have always had the internet, you know, it's kind of just like a da thing. But you know, 20 years ago, this wasn't even an option to do this kind of stuff, right, right. you know, and it's just, it's, it's such a cool, it's such a cool thing. And I think especially as you relate to your like past self, I'd love to kind of end today talking about if you could speak to your old self and give her like some tips, what would they be? You know, it's almost the beginning of the year. People are starting to look at keto and maybe they're already getting overwhelmed with their new year's resolutions. Um, right. What advice do you have for people that are looking to get into keto? Um, a couple things. Um, trust the process. The keto whoosh will happen. We never talk about the keto whoosh anymore. And I don't know why, but it's such an important, like ingrained thing, like in my brain still, even if it's not even a true fact, the keto whoosh is always there. Don't compare yourself to others. I've been here for five years. You've been here for almost seven now. Like don't, don't compare to us. We're not the people you need. Like we'll help you get to where we are. We promise. So don't compare yourself. And it's not, it's not a race. I can't say that enough. And I, I, I don't have any knowledge beyond like, I don't know if faster is better or slower is better, but I know that like I got here and it took me three and a half years, three years. And I know other people will get there faster or slower, but like, we'll all get here together. I promise we, the end is going to be there for everybody. So there's not really a race. There's no race. And my last thing is you're not doing it wrong because if you already had the conversation with yourself that I need to change something because something's not working. You're already on the right path because you already decided something you're doing is not working. And I really, I hope that keto is the next thing that gets you on the, Oh, 
this is going to work. And it takes time, it takes effort, and you're going to cry, and it's going to be hard, and you're going to make mistakes. But like, you will get to the end. It's there. It's there for everybody. Sam, that was so beautiful and so inspiring. And I love that you mentioned the boosh because nobody talks about the boosh anymore. And I actually brought it up in a presentation a couple of weeks ago and people's faces were like, huh? And I'm like, oh, right. Nobody talks about this. So for those of you who are like, what's the whoosh? Basically your fat cells are really, really big and they're holding a lot of fat. And as you burn fat, those fat cells fill up with water because fat cells don't want to be loose and goosey like a deflated balloon. They want to be like tight and good. So it fills up with water. And so over time, your body will then all of a sudden, you'll usually wake up one day and you'll be down quite a lot of weight because your fat cells then shrink and that water's taken out. So that's the whoosh, how I kind of overcome that. If people just can't have a whoosh and they're like, I'm holding on for the whoosh, it's not working. (laughs) If your body doesn't have enough carbohydrates, right? If you don't have glycogen and um, there's no glucose being stored in your cells, if you were to have a carb up where you eat more carbs and Sam, you said like, I wasn't on plan, things weren't really working, but it was working. That's probably what was happening is you were eating the carbohydrates in order for a carbohydrate to be processed. um, It needs water. And so where does that water come from? Well, it comes from those cells. So sometimes carb ups can help with the whoosh effect. And you're right. Not a lot of people talk about the whoosh anymore and you need to hold for the whoosh. Like the whoosh is a real thing. (laughs) The whoosh is a real thing. And and the whoosh is like a mantra. It'll get you. You're like, it's just a whoosh is coming. A whoosh is coming. (laughs) And then you'll spend two days drinking so much water and you're like, why am I drinking so much water? And then one day you'll spend the whole day in the bathroom and then whoosh, it happened. You wake up the next day and it's like, oh, it happened finally. And like, you know, we got to bring it back. You got to bring the whoosh back. The whoosh I think was such more... Even though it happens, I think the mental like mantra of the whoosh coming really does help you. You're like, ah, it's coming. Any day now, the whoosh is going to (laughs) happen. That's so true. Thank you so much for bringing it up. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is a blast. I had a feeling it would be. So I'm happy about all of this. And I will include a link in the show notes uh, so you all can check out Sam's Instagram and follow her and love on all the things that she creates. So Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad we got to connect. Yeah, I hope you guys really enjoyed today's conversation. Again, I just wanted to have Samantha on to chat all about real life keto. Sometimes it's nice to just chat with a regular person about their experiences so that you can learn from what they've gone through and perhaps something that Samantha shared really struck a chord in you. If you enjoyed today's episode, I love if you left a review for the show. And as always, if you need to reach me or you have suggestions or questions about today's episode or the show in general, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com contact. I'll include the link in the show notes today. If you're unsure how to find the show notes, the best thing to do is just click around until you find them or go to the Google machine and type in the app you're using and then show notes and there will be a tutorial somewhere on Google that you can follow to access all the links for today's show. If you still can't figure it out, ketodietpodcast.com is the best place to go. You just look up episode 288. That's this one. And then you find all the links there. Next up on the show, Sunday, January 3rd, 2021, we have episode 289. Gary Tobbs is coming on the show to chat with us about obesity and understanding why we gain weight. This is such a great episode. I cannot wait to share this with you. 
And then Sunday, January 10th is episode 290. I can't believe we're 10 episodes away from hitting 300. Wow. Um, Episode 290 is all focused on electrolyte options, uh, no energy during exercise, how to do kids on keto and a whole bunch of things. That was an epic episode. I remember recording it and it was like an hour in Q&A. Really awesome. Can't wait to share it with you. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will see you back here in a couple days. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.